My first rifle was a 243. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave to me. And they taught me how to shoot with a steady hand. I guess that's something you don't understand. Welcome to another episode of All American Wing Shooting. I have the great pleasure of finally sitting down and talking about one of my favorite things with Jacob and Megan with Full Bloom. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. So if you are not familiar with Full Plume, um, I'm not even sure how I ran across you guys or how long ago it was, <laughs> but they have the most um, tempting post of waterfowl antiques. <laughs> and, and it just screams, please buy me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We try our best to bring uh, items that we really appreciate the heritage of and items that we would collect ourselves to people uh, just because we know how hard it is for people to come across them on a day-to-day basis um, and how much we enjoy seeing them. So, For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. So I've been kind of, I guess, um, guilty of antique shopping on my own and then run across something and I'm like, I have no idea how much I should spend on this and I'm always mm-hmm. sending it to you like, is this a good find? Is this a good find? And sometimes I've really scored big, like um, the shell box that I found for $45. And you're like, that retails for like $250. i am like, okay. Yeah. That was a good one. So I, I scooped that up. Yeah, for that's sure. awesome. For sure. It's, it's fun when we hear from clients and get to see them getting involved in what we get to do on a daily basis. So it's, it's really cool to see other people getting excited about what we're passionate about. I know. Okay. So tell me, do you still have the decoy lamp? We have one right now. Um, it's not like the traditional one, like the the L.L. Bean lamp that everybody loves so much. Um, it's I think it's got a, a Madison Mitchell on it right now. So it's not made by the same manufacturer, um, but we've got to have um, the actual wiring repaired on it. <laughs> so we'll have that one coming through um, in probably the next couple of weeks, depending on the repair guy, how long he's, he uh, takes on it. But we will have one coming down the pipeline soon. I know that's everybody's like favorite. Everybody likes the lamps. They're, they're the hardest to find and they sell literally like within seconds to minutes every yeah. single time we list yeah. them. It's, it's crazy. I regret not getting the one that you just posted because I do have one and in my house right now, it's in the living room, so it's fine that I just have a single. But I thought, man, like that would be really cool in our bedroom when we move if we end up with this lodge that we dream about. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I may have to. I may have to be on the hard lookout for another one. But yeah, you know, I'm new into waterfowling, but I've mm-hmm. always been obsessed with the collectibles. The collectibles yeah. of the wing shoot or the waterfall world, especially, are just so timeless. And um, um, Jim Killen has become like my favorite artist. And I was so fortunate to get to make friends with his daughter-in-law by accident and then meet him. Actually, at Isle of Palms, we were just accidentally all there on vacation at the same time. And so I'm like obsessed with finding his things. I didn't message you about this one. But the iconic print that he did with the three labs with their face mm-hmm. was framed for just over a hundred dollars here in this mm-hmm. in my town. And I'm like, these people don't even know what that is. Like, you can't even buy that print mm-hmm. anymore, you know? And so yeah. I scooped that up for awesome. a real small penny. But <laughs> what is the craziest things that you guys have found? 
man what's what, what do you think is the, the craziest thing like the most one-of-a-kind um shoot that's a hard question it it varies really based off of opinion i think a lot mm-hmm. like there's certain interest. I mean, obviously some of we're, we're biased to certain decoys because we hunt those ducks, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I mean, in terms of uniqueness, the the coolest things that we found, I have not offered for sale. (laughs) They, they tend, they tend to end up in my own personal collection. Um, I have a a really cool, um, widgeon decoy by one of my favorite carvers, um, that sort of like, we we we've got it early on in the business with the intent of selling it, and like we were really strapped for cash at that point because like we we spent like a, a lot of money like getting the inventory, and then like we obviously have to wait on that inventory to sell at that point before we got more inventory. Yeah. And this decoy came in, and I was like, I I can't. So yeah, there's there's certain things when they come in, and a lot of people ask us, you know, do y'all sell everything? Do y'all keep some stuff? And we absolutely like, and especially the more we've grown, keep stuff. We've got people that'll come by our office now that we built out of our house, and it's just all our mostly our personal stuff collection at this yeah. point. And a lot of people like to just come by and see it, which is really neat. Um, and I mean, some of the really cool things I think we've got is, I mean, we've got the original, a lot of full boxes of like original paper yeah. shelves. Um, shot shells which are really really neat it's really hard to find i mean they'll have the original seal and sticker on they've never been open um so that's been a really cool thing to see and then some of the paintings i think one of my favorite paintings was a piece we imported from europe um and it was like a mid 1800s mallard like dead mount painting and that was a really really cool piece from that one because it actually started in virginia and then was bought by a buyer that then moved it to Europe. So it was actually from continental United States and then was shipped over there and then ended up backed in our hands all these decades later. Um, so it was really, really neat to get yeah. to see that and kind of see the story that went along with that one. Yeah. Okay. So since you have this super special space, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a way for us to do a live on Instagram and you go through there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely like, could. Yeah, let's try that. Let's try that and see if we can do that because I love interiors. Like my first career was supposed to be custom residential design. That's that's what I was mm-hmm. raised in. And so I was like free labor and I fell in love with it. And so this part of taking both of my worlds and like throwing them together, I just get so geeked out about that. It's like a treasure hunt every day for you guys, you know, to find something I could never get rid of. It. I'm super hoarder. but you guys are so young too when you look at your interest it's so nostalgic and like old world old soul stuff and you guys literally look like you could be my kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i've i've grown up around it my my family's duck hunted and hunted in south louisiana like since you could actually make a living doing it and so i have always appreciated like the heritage associated with everything um, and my grandfather was like a big time porter. Like if he, if he was like driving down the road and he saw something on the side of the road that like he thought he could either fix up or just like keep, he would grab it and fix it or just. So the decoys that I've hunted over up until very, very recently, like three years ago were his decoys. Like that was it. There was just whole, his old GNH decoys that we've hunted over since I was a little bitty kid. And so I've always appreciated like the quality that went into older stuff. Cause like, mm-hmm. I know nowadays, like I'll buy a six pack of, of decoys or whatever on the road, like to fill out a spread for a hunt. We've got like a draw on or whatever. And I'll hunt them two times and all the paint's chipping off. I'm like, well, this is not like those, those old decoys <laughs> Papa used to use. 
Um, and so I, I just, I've always collected stuff um, similar to him. And so it's, it's always, I think it's a, a similar, like it's something that runs through all duck hunters. It's like, we, we appreciate the heritage of it. And whenever we get the opportunity to collect something that we're like, Ooh, I remember when we use that, it, it's, it's, it's always a cool opportunity. So. Oh, okay. So how did you fall into this with him? So I did not grow up duck hunting. I grew up in Mississippi. So obviously there was like some hunting background. I would go deer hunting with friends here and there growing up, but I, I never went duck hunting. It was never really even a thought that I would say crossed my mind. Um, and then I would say what, three or four years ago now, um, the, he took me on my first duck hunt. I always loved fishing. I grew up, my grandparents have a big farm out in Vaughn, Mississippi. So I always would go out there and fish and do certain things like that. Um, and he took me down to South Louisiana and we were down in Delacroix. We went on our first duck hunt and I didn't shoot a single duck actually for, I think the whole season. It was, it was like so crazy, but I went on the first hunt and I missed like 15 birds probably. Yeah, it, was two and seasons, it, so it, lit a, it lit a fire or something inside of me. And I was like, this is it. I'm going for this. And so I've been hunting every hunt since. I hadn't missed one since and just love it. It's so much fun. It's really more than anything. A lot of people ask, you know, oh, y'all didn't get a limit this weekend. Duck numbers are bad right now, stuff like that. And we always tell people, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you get to get out there with family and friends and drink a cup of coffee and have a good time. You really can't ask for much more in today's world. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then his family just embraced you and took you in and showed you the good life. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, well, I had the same kind of situation. You know, I got into wing shooting um, less than 10 years ago. And it was the same way with you. I was like, I don't know how I've survived this long without this, but whatever I have to do to make this my life, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, and it's worked out for both of us, I'd say. It has, it has for sure. It's a blast. <laughs> it's it's cool to get to see another woman in the outdoor industry too that just loves it and has fun. It's it's I know, I know. So we're we'll be in Louisiana this season. So we'll definitely have to um somehow get together on the road. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll catch those dates. I think we're actually coming in a couple of weeks, um, heading over to Chris Aikens to check out the kennel over there and yeah. um, see how that is. So I've never actually hunted Louisiana. Okay. I was supposed to this year with yeah. Anne-Marie um, Dormus, right? It's, she's a, she's a friend of mine. We met through the podcast world and we almost had the same name and we love the same things. And we were like, we were just meant to be besties. It's really hilarious. <laughs> and it's funny when you meet people like that. And then even though you live so far away, you stay in touch and mm-hmm. it, you feel like time never passes between the times that you communicate, you know, yeah, for sure. I love that about the hunting world, but um, she ended up getting called to the Capitol and I was over at West Point, Mississippi. And so mm-hmm. she was my next stop. So I was like, dang it. But um, I love what she does. We support her hundred percent. And yeah. so, yeah, that's, re- no, she's in Arkansas. She's not Louisiana. She's in Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. No, uh, South Louisiana is very different from like North Louisiana hunting too. Like people, like people don't really like, it's hard to get like, if you haven't done it, but like hunting at home where we hunt in, in Louisiana is, is not like, we don't ever hunt timber really. It's like boat hunting in the marsh generally um and so it's a whole different like ball game like i moved up to mississippi and had to like essentially relearn how to hunt because it's so ah. different up here um but i i definitely love going home during season and being able to hunt out of my boat and <laughs> pop my boat lined up in my my pond and just kind of take it easy it's a lot a lot easier at home depending on where you're going so it's it's a really neat experience too than that like 
you, when you're like, we, we've got one of our good buddies of ours. He's actually living in Costa Rica right now. We took him down before he left. And one of the things that's like so hard for somebody to grasp until you go is, is you're sitting there and you've got teal, you know, working into your decoys and the occasional pintails and other fun stuff. And all of a sudden you're catching a redfish out the side of the boat while you've got birds coming in. I mean, it's like the, the wildlife down there is so strong that you can sit there and fish and like, I mean, it's, it's yeah. really a cast and blast experience. That's, it's really neat. And then after that, we've got buddies who'll go and pick up blue crabs and traps and all that kinds of stuff. And alligators are swimming by. I mean, it's like, it's a, oh. it's a crazy experience. Yeah, that's different. Okay. That that's means different. there's snakes down there too. There is. <laughs> Lots of snakes. There's, there's less, less, uh, less snakes than gators though. Gators, oh, yeah. gators in the last 10 years or so really. It's wild. Really going crazy. It's crazy. The first time they took me out. So you go down this long canal for about maybe 30 minutes. I mean, it's a long boat right out yeah. there and you're in just a little bitty boat with a long tail. Everybody uses long tails down there. And so we were going and all, I just kept seeing these red dots all the way down. And I just wasn't paying much attention to it. And uh, Jacob's oh, dad kind of leaned in oh and said, God. you know what that is, huh? And right about when he said that the first time, this tail just kind of flopped up. And it was just these huge, massive, yeah. absolutely huge gators that are just everywhere. I mean, you fall out of that boat, you're toast. I don't think there's going to be any getting you back. It's crazy, but it's it's a really just incredible experience that you don't get anywhere outside of Louisiana Marsh, which is really neat. So I, I take it that you're not taking a dog with you. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> in late January, my uncle will run his dog. Um, but teal season, any anytime it gets above 45 degrees, which as of late has been most season, like uh, we, we generally try not to run. Yeah, dogs. unless it's unless it's no. like a, just an absurdly cold day. Yeah, we, we generally don't. Yeah, no, with like a real good freeze, they'll they'll kind of hibernate and tuck up into the mud, but if it if, if it stays about 45 they'll keep moving and it it is dangerous <laughs> oh my gosh well that's my favorite part is taking the dogs yeah. it's, um probably the least part of of the the world that i've that i'm great at like i was built to be a shooter but the dog part just sucked me in and i in my in my dreams like i'm a rock star dog trainer handler of the retriever world which i will never have the time to become that but <laughs> Yeah, if I if I could do life all over again, that's an addictive lifestyle for me. So yeah. all your dog stuff and all that stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, if it has any relation to the dog, I want it. Yeah, dog dog stuff is always dog stuff sells really really. We fast. had to, um, when we first started the business, we came across this like uh, it was a lab painting, and it was it wasn't anything like absurd, but it had developed this like patina over time that made it like absolutely gorgeous, and we really sold it and ever since then Megan's we, we sure yeah. that was the one piece we had just started and it was our first like really big oil that we had gotten in and um I we kept saying you know, things things were selling you know in the beginning but I mean obviously they weren't selling within seconds to minutes like they are now yeah. so I told Jacob I said all right we'll post it but if it doesn't sell within the first week I get to keep it it sold within two minutes. I was literally like, "You have got to be kidding me!" I was so well, bad. The good thing is, like, I do know the guy. That yeah, and it's so, a it's a great guy, and yeah. he's and he so, loves it. Yeah, so. and if he ever decides he wants to sell it, he knows to reach back out. <laughs> it's a it's a great piece for sure. So, how did you guys pull this passion that you have for eclectic things and actually build a business? Like, what did that look like? I mean, cause you guys really are young and I just want to celebrate the fact that you have started something so early in life that literally is going to create traditions for other families to come to you for special gifts or 
you know, heirloom stuff for their own family. Yeah. So really it started, um, Jacob has always kind of collected stuff like he mentioned before. And, um, you know, you, there's really nowhere you can go online, um, that we have found at least like us where you can just go and buy the things that you're looking Mm -hmm. to collect and do this. And it's like a a really refined and curated group of things. And so um, for his birthdays and all that kind of stuff, I always wanted to get him something unique um, over the years. And so I would go out and and go to these different antique malls and never really found what I was looking for and um, got really good at finding decoys. I would search all over, found people, friends knew I was looking for them all the time for them and stuff. And and so um, it was really funny. A lot of friends would send me stuff that they thought were ducks and they weren't even ducks. And so it was just refining kind of everybody around us to know what we're looking for exactly. And with time we did. And I realized, you know, there's probably a lot of other people out there that are also struggling to find these things that I've kind of gotten this down pretty well. And he had gotten it down well, and we had made all these contacts all around the South just for our own interest. And so with that, um, full plume kind of started from there and we started with a few hundred dollars and have turned it into what it is today. And so, um, we've loved really every second of it and it's been fun to get to meet people like you and other companies. And that's kind of really how it all got going. So, are you guys doing trade shows and setting up a booth at certain events? Like, yeah, I don't, we, were you guys at Delta Waterfowl Convention last year? So we no. weren't last year. We were actually at a different show that was the same weekend, but we will be there this year. And we also will be at Ducks um, in May. So we'll be at both of those okay. shows. And then we've got a couple more lined up for the fall. Um, so we're super excited to be at those. It'll be a great time. I think we'll finally get to meet a lot more of our clients face to face. So and that'll seaweed be yeah. would probably be a, a great place for you guys to check into too. I don't know how hard it is to get into seaweed, but mm-hmm. there was over a hundred thousand people there this year. And for sure, for sure. we've, you know, we've looked at it. Yeah. I would say every single person that walked in the door of that show would be interested in what you guys have. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's definitely on our schedule. He's actually about to start law school in August. So, and then I've got one more semester out to finish after that. And so it's been like a crazy balance of what shows can we yeah. do during the school year? Like what will my professors let me yeah. for and this and that, but definitely within the next year, as soon as I graduate for sure. And we've kind of started hiring employees to work for us now and all that kind of stuff. So with that now being where it's at, we're able to kind of, I guess, expand and send other people to shows on our behalf, um, which obviously we want to meet our clients face to face, but we got to get this done first so that we can really take full plume to where we want to see yeah okay so you're telling on yourself now you guys have built this brand this business that is very unique and kind of a household name within our community now while you're in school and you're married so we're not married yet we're getting married in may we're planning a wedding okay i was like i was thinking that you guys had just gotten married but it's may okay yeah so holy smokes We'll, we'll have a we'll have a very hectic May. We've got to do um, so. We've got ducks, and then he graduates from college, and then um, we leave. For, we're doing a destination wedding in Hawaii, so literally all three within three weeks. Um, and so we grad exams for me, and then basically we leave for ducks. He we get back the next day. He walks for college graduation, and then two <laughs> days later we leave for our wedding. So it's been like yeah, it's been crazy. yeah. but it's been fun. I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> That is yeah. so cool that you guys have figured out life together. I love it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, we do our best. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so what what is your family say about you just diving into this duck hunting world? Are they jealous? Are they ready to tag along? Like, are yeah, they? I think they're, I think they're getting there. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I, my brother will probably be with us the next season. I've, I've been kind of building it up to him. Um, and he's actually got a girlfriend now who deer hunts, I believe, um, out in Georgia. So I'm hoping she'll kind of pull him into the industry a little bit more. And I, I think he would obviously fall in love with it pretty quickly if he got into it. Um, but yeah, my parents really don't hunt. Um, my dad would probably probably would go um, if he had time. He works a lot. Um, I don't think I could get my mom into the stand. I don't think either of our moms, we could really get in there. But maybe one day we're, we're working on them. I think the longer yeah. I go and the more they see that I'm warm and comfortable. <laughs> and yeah. it's and possible I, to do it in an yeah. adequate way and, and it's complicated by the fact too that we hunt like a lot of public land up here <laughs> and so I, it's it's i will never be able to convince her parents or my mother to <laughs> get up at 12 o'clock in the morning and do a mad dash through the public woods um so until we get some like real solid <laughs> solid leases that i can just sort of just like walk them out on at 5 30 uh, i don't i don't see it being uh really into <laughs> building up a sweat running through the woods and yes. freezing temperature it's funny my I have one of my best friends um is she's actually from connecticut has no idea anything about the hunting world she grew up 30 minutes outside of new york city and it's just like she lives next door to me and is like totally fascinated by the idea that i'll leave the dorm at midnight to go out on a hunt and she's like always just so confused by it and so finally um she's working on her hunter safety course right now because she's she's wanting to go she's like all fired up we keep trying to tell her we're like you're welcome to come but I, yeah. I'm not I, sure if you're going to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not the first time Hunter's intro course. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun. But we, we've got a couple of easy spots. For sure. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of good spots. Like but, the like, catfish ponds is usually where we start them out because yeah. they can just sit on the bank and kind of do it. It's, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize, I mean, there's a lot to deer hunting, obviously, and a lot of that. But a lot of the people that deer hunt around here have, I mean, like the craziest deer stands you've ever seen. They're like AC with little kitchens and all this stuff. And so what? they're living lavishly. Yeah. And so yeah. they go on a duck hunt with us that we consider to be a pretty smooth, easy yeah. hunt. And they're like, easy. they're like I, dying. I, like, I, yeah, I got a little lease. I don't I don't have to beat anybody out here. And I'm like, I do have to drag the uh, 10 dozen decoys out here like on a sled so but it's a lot of work but i obviously enjoy it. y'all do y'all do the hard way now for me being in the upland world right chasing pheasants mm-hmm. and having to switch dogs and hiking eight to ten miles a day god only knows mm-hmm. where fighting the blisters and the heat and who knows what else <clears throat> yeah when i got into the waterfowl world like i thought i had it made like the the biggest <laughs> sacrifice is i have to get up early in the morning but then I get to sit here and goof off with all the guys and um and everything comes to me like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm no, in. Awesome. I am in <laughs> yeah it's, it's so. nice um I, it's, it's certainly a good change of pace when we get invited somewhere yes. <laughs> with like a buddy who's got like a really nice lease and I can sort of just like we always feel friends. like something's wrong like we missed something yeah. by down this year. Yeah. Um, the the house we bought is in Florida, Mississippi now, so we're way closer to the Mississippi Delta line, um, where a lot of our friends have land and property at. And we got invited on a hunt. We didn't have to get up till like four thirty in the morning. Yeah. We were like, "What is going on? We feel like we missed it." <laughs> it was so funny. We couldn't sleep like the whole night because yeah. we were like, "This is crazy." Like yeah. I feel like we're supposed to be there right now. Um, oh my but- gosh! Yeah. Okay. We'll say I've totally been spoiled. Chad spoils me. Then, because I <laughs> not have, he has not made me do that yet. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't even know if we've driven 30 minutes to anywhere. Like, I really <laughs> do. Have, he's got it dialed down to a T because he yeah. every second that he's awake. Yeah. I just go along for the ride. I'm like, I'm just a grunt girl. You just 
tell me what to do. I don't care. And so it's just so much easier. Like we have one dog. The first camp that I went to with him, I showed up, I had traveled like six states that season and and his camp was literally on my way back South. And I showed up with my dog trailer with like 15 dogs on it and he had Axel and I like staking dogs out four or five times a day and all this stuff. And he's like, what kind of circus did you just bring to duck camp? I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean circus? This is my life. Like this was normal. And I thought, I, you mean I could get down to like a dog and then I could do all this stuff and I, and, and things come to me. I'm like, okay, sign me up. So yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. it's certainly it's certainly nice. I, I I love duck hunting, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But uh, we are looking forward to getting a good lease <laughs> for the next couple seasons. Well, <laughs> you know, I got started in Georgia. Like I live in Georgia, so we were all quail hunters. And JC, my oldest, who's y'all's age, she wanted to be a duck hunter. She's like, I don't. She was this horse girl, and she was like kind of a snob to me about wanting to be with me and she's like I don't want to be like you I want to be a duck hunter I'm like well you're SOL because we don't even know one you know I mean like <laughs> kid, but you know like you're just gonna have to do it and Delta Waterfowl I was with Kim and BC with a mm. at a Ren and Ivy trunk show in, yeah. in Alabama and I was telling Kim the story and I'm like she's such a little snot but I'm gonna get her a bag she can dream about duck hunting and so for Christmas <laughs> She got a shell bag and I'm like, you can just dream about it all you want to. Like, you better find you a good boyfriend in school. And um, so that Delta Waterfall actually hosted her a hunt. And then we all went on our first like duck hunt together. And there was a lot oh, of things at that at the retail shop that had never hunted. And we had so much fun. And then she was hooked. And now she's like, she went to ABAC. So like she was down oh. there with all those boys and she's, she's, created her way she's actually going to be chair of du at uga this upcoming year yeah, so, awesome. yeah she's <laughs> looks she's like she showed you a little bit <laughs> you know um but it's crazy how those worlds like just open up so many doors for you guys for sure yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. at y'all's age like and you'll have those relationships for the rest of your life yeah so, for sure yeah. but it's it's been really cool um like sort of connecting with people um one of the cooler connections I made, uh, we moved up here and then like, <laughs> we, act, I actually made friends with a, a YouTuber, Nate Verdon, who uh, runs Voluntide TV back home in South Louisiana. And it's cool to be able to like hunt up here all season and like call Nate up and be like, Hey, like what's <laughs> how season going? How many birds y'all got? And then be able to like watch all the stuff he's doing. Cause like, it's like, Oh, nice. Well, they're still doing good at home too. So it's like, I get the best of both worlds from my connections. Like I can hunt up here in the timber and I can sort of live vicariously through Nate. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I think one of the coolest connections we probably made too, that was like kind of a surreal moment for both of us with our age and all that stuff is um like he kind of mentioned earlier, he grew up on GNH decoys. So that's like all his grandfather yeah. ever used like, I mean, that's all we used up until like two years ago. I mean, that's just, we had the same decoys and they lasted for decades. And um, what was really neat was, is we've actually gotten to connect with the owners of GNH decoys now. And we're, we're gotten to be good friends with them. And they actually have been, you know, sending us decoys and we get to hunt over sponsored decoys basically. And yeah. um, it's been really, really neat to get to see yeah. like how the quality of like their decoys and their products really do stand by what we stand by. And yeah. that, they're a product that we have, we could have kept using the ones we still had. They're great. And now we get to add these new ones to our spread. And it's like a it's, really, yeah, it's cool to be able to work with like brands that have played such a huge role in my life. Like I always 
like look for collaborations that sort of like fit us. I, yeah. I, like I'm not going to go outside of like who I am as a hunter and like just pair up with somebody that I, I would never work with. Like I, from the, the second I found out GNH was really like ramping back up under Ray, I was like, well, that's it. That's all the decoys I'm going to be using. So it, it's been really cool to work with, with brands that have, like I said, just like always been there for me like, as a hunter. So Oh, I love that so much. And I'm with you. Like, I not only have I had a personal relationship with the product, but when you connect with the people of the brand, it is just such a joy to do your job. For sure. For sure. It, it makes it not so much a job anymore, as cliche as it, as it seems. But I, I mean, the it's funny that I had an interview a few weeks ago um for a newspaper thing and they were asking you know what's it like you know doing this in college and I said well um they asked my roommate was one of the people that, um that was talking to me about it and I said well um it's kind of looks like 6 30 in the morning you wake up with 20 emails and you go to bed with 20 emails and they're different than when you started and um it's it's just been really really neat to kind of see how it all has unfolded and how we've gotten to do it together just it's it's not really I mean in most circumstances I would be really annoyed if my job was doing that um but this is something I mean you get to a lot of the emails are from clients just saying hey I really appreciated this and telling me their story and why that decoy is important to them and so it's it's just really cool to get to hear people's stories and where they've come from and all that kind of stuff I know. So I hope you're writing a book. I hope you're keeping a diary <laughs> because you really are going to like, just because of the business that you guys have, you're going to connect with the heart of the community of our industry. And there's going to be so many people that will be icons, you know, I mean, it could be you guys too. Just, you never know how the, how your career is going to take off. And, you yeah, know, your sure. law degree may end up taking a, back burner because you're like <laughs> the leading yeah. course of, of the outdoors and the waterfowl world I mean you guys are keeping the spirit alive and that's kind of what I found because I didn't even know that this industry kind of existed that you could have like an influence role which I came into this the industry as an instructor um, because I just was addicted to shooting and I literally shot as like five or six days a week. So for me to get to do that, I had to instruct while I was at the clay course. And so that's kind of mm -hmm. how I justified making it my job or whatever. <laughs> and so when you, when I, you, you kind of go through this whole maze of open doors and one thing leads you to the next, to the next, to the next. So God only knows where you're going to be 10 years from now, because I can't believe how far the, the industry has helped me go. Right. Like I didn't even know how to set a goal because I didn't even know what opportunities were there, mm -hmm. but people within the industry mentored me and educated me on literally you can do whatever you want. And then you have this blank slate and then it's like so many opportunities. You just can't make a decision. And then I just honed in on tournament hunting, which there's not really a whole lot to collect about tournament hunting except for my trophies. But <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. And that gave me opportunity to excel with my shooting and to keep implementing that but it that's what opened the door for me with the dog world it's like the mm -hmm. the dog training aspect makes you a better handler it teaches you about different dogs and all that kind of stuff and so that's kind of where that addiction came from and um man those tournament hunters that's like a cult like you plan your entire life around that schedule you know and yeah so i mean it's just i think it's going to be so cool to see how your journey and the people that you make the connections that you make through your store changes your careers yeah for sure, sure. 
Because yeah. I didn't, I mean, I never planned on this, you know, and I wouldn't change yeah. it for anything in the world. Yeah. And ideally, like where Megan's going to be getting uh, a law degree as well down the road. Um, but what I plan on focusing on is like trademark law, because <laughs> yeah. we've like just getting all of our, our stuff copyrighted. It's been so expensive. I was like, I don't want to have to pay anybody to do this anymore. <laughs> and so, so everything we're doing is aimed at this business and making it as successful as possible. So your parents need her at a parenting book. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really cool that that's influenced you. It's kind of been the same way with JC is like, she didn't turn into a hardcore hunter like me and like Hallie Joe will shoot every day, whether she's shooting in the backyard or she's got her shooting lessons or whatever. And like she found her own place through the political side and the policy. So she's involved with all the organizations and her network goes through that. And so you really are just going to find your own place based on those interests and the people that you connect with and, and yeah. it'll all fall right into place. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, well, so okay. So what's coming up next? So people know how to find you. Yeah. What little secrets that give us a little teaser of what for we should sure. be fighting for on Instagram. Yeah. So we've got, actually, we, we're going to be on one more podcast later tonight. So we figured it'd be good to announce it on here too. We are super excited to say we've got a line of leather goods that's going to be releasing on, hang on, let me give you the exact date. Um, it is going to be April the the ninth it's a sunday um so the first pictures will go out on the 7th and then we'll have everything live on the website it's going to be a super limited first drop um but what's really really cool about it is is um they're going to be all completely made in america um the guy that is making them for us and that they're doing um everything every single aspect of it he, they they oversee and they they look at each part themselves so from our perspective, we can't find a better product really out yeah, there. That's no. in terms of quality. Um, it's going to have a limited lifetime warranty on the product. Um, so everything about it, I mean, it's, it's really going to be as rugged as it can get in yeah. terms of all other product. Every rivet on every item that we'll sell is going to be hand hammered. So no matter how much stress you put anything under, it's, I doubt it's, there's no way it could pop. Yeah. It, I mean, and, uh, the guy, the, uh, the guy that's actually making them in his entire career of making leather goods has only had one rivet pop and i know for me as a, a duck hunter like popping having rivets. gear in the field and a rivet popping out is like oh my lord like it's just it's frustrating and so we want to give people the absolute best quality product possible that they can 100 rely on the that they can then pass down to their kids uh, I don't want any negative members associated with these products. So <laughs> we uh, we spent a ton of time working with our guys that are producing them for us. Um, and really, I mean, when they came in, I mean, it was kind of a surreal moment of okay, this is it. Like we've put together. I mean, in our opinion, we really, I mean, we've put these things to the test, and they're ready. So yeah. in, in the next two or so weeks, we'll have them out um, to the public. Everybody will get to get their chance at them. Um, they'll probably the the first round is pretty limited, so we're really pushing. If you want one, go quick because yeah. we, it's very limited this first round. Um, but after that, there will be a back order option, so people can back order, and it'll probably take about five to six months to yeah. get another but round in. Everything's 100 handmade, so there's going to be a little bit of a lead time on that. Yeah. Okay, so and are you going to tell us what the leather good categories are? 
So yeah. right now yeah. it is all really sportsman. Um, anything you can think of, our first three products that are going to be going out on the ninth, I guess we'll go ahead and say we've got a duck strap in there, mm -hmm. um, a timber loop and a men's wallet, which we're marketing as a, um, it's it's basically just an all sportsman wallet that can be used. It's really, really neat. It all it it's does like is- a, It's function. a very, yeah, it's a very simple card holder. And one thing that I've always like thought I needed and just never grabbed for whatever reason, it's just like a little, very simple card holder that I can keep all my licenses in, like, and just leave in my bag. Like, cause I That's hate nice. having to fiddle like with stuff in my wallet, taking it in and out. And if I'm like waiting or something, I don't like carrying my wallet. Like, I just yep. don't. So it's super thin. That was like something that we really wanted. A lot of waiters nowadays have, you know, just the side chest zipper. And so you can just slip it in there. You're not going to feel it. It's very thin. Yeah. And um, it's once again, that same quality that's going to hold up and last for generations. If it gets wet, it's not going to be a big deal. We've got yeah. some conditioners coming but, out to keep them in the quality. Yeah. No more. Like it, I, I hate having to like pack all my stuff in like a little Ziploc and then shove it in my waiters and then run. Yep. So really, I mean, you get your, get your, like, I know for us, we get a hard copy of our Mississippi Sportsman's license every year when it comes in. Um, and then throw your duck stamp on the back of that, stick it in your wallet and you're done for the season. Um, so it's, you really won't have much other to keep up. Yeah. The, I put that. a couple of dollars cash and then my ID in it, but that's all I need. Like what running and gunning all year. So it's really good to have. Awesome. You guys, well, congratulations on a new line. Yeah, thank Thanks. You. We're super excited it. about it. <laughs> all right. Well, we will definitely post about it and make sure that <laughs> about it for sure. Yeah. I appreciate you guys coming on and getting to see your face instead of just interacting, you know, exchanging items for cash. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will have to get you guys back on as new items come up and, and you guys expand your leather line. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. Well, thank you for having us. We've got glad we got to see you today too. And yeah, face for face sure. All right. And this was another episode of All American Wing Shooting. Thank you for tuning in. Papa gave daddy and daddy gave